Hi, I'm Alan Weiss, and this podcast is on vulgarity. This is a trigger warning. This is an early alert. You will hear vulgarity. I don't think it's intellectually honest to describe what I'm about to describe without using the word, so I'm not going to use euphemisms. This might be offensive to some of you, so I advise you not to listen. In all seriousness, I find the words offensive to me, but for my point, I have to make them. So there's your warning. You'll hear obscenity and profanity coming, but if you want to hear my point, stick around. I'll be right back. Stocking was looked on as something shocking. Now heaven knows anything goes. Good authors too, who once knew better words, now only used for letter words. Writing throws anything goes. All right, you've been warned. Welcome back. You know, recently, some guy on Facebook, some total loser on Facebook, was writing in, is contributing to whatever the topic was, uh, and it wasn't a volatile topic, it was just a normal topic, like, you know, an airline uh, being late or something like that, and his reaction to all this, you know, number 17 among 50 comments was, let them eat shit. Now, I routinely delete people like that, I'd love them to delete them from the planet, really, but that's me. But can you imagine, that's your vocabulary, and after looking at a screen, that's what you write, that's how you respond? You know, remember George Carlin, uh, the great comedian? Carlin said there were seven words you can't say. You know, seven words you can't say on television. And people thought that was hysterical. Well, we've gone way beyond that, because there are now about 40 words you can say, and you should say, if you want to prove just how gross you can be. And vulgarization, of course, I'm positive, uh, causes a decline in society. Uh, women and men use profanity. Older people and younger people use profanity. Uh, recently, some California senator, a woman, I guess trying to be with the hip crowd, uh, used the word fuck in her press conference. And, you know, people giggled and said, oh my God, she's so bold. No, she isn't. She's crude. We've come to feel that shock is substance and that profanity is power. Drivers routinely shout fuck you over road rage. At least they're not shooting each other, right? But what we have now is life rage. And people at business meetings, people at good restaurants, people on public transportation feel free to swear. Now, it's one thing in a locker room. It's one thing even at a ball game. But on an airplane? Book titles strive to use filthy words. And therefore, they get popular. And people aren't afraid uh, to buy the book and read it and brag that they're reading it. <clears throat> it's all shock value. If you tune into some of these comic networks on cable, what you find is a succession of horrible, horrible so-called comedians, guys who couldn't make it in any kind of terrible club in New York, simply repeating motherfucker over and over and over. Motherfucker this, motherfucker that. Doesn't matter, and the audience laughs. Women put their hands over their mouths, and the audience laughs. Not only is there no humor there, there's no intelligence there. It's like encountering some life form outside of Venus. I was at a meeting, speaking, and uh, there was a morning break, and several people came over to me, all women, uh, about five or six of them, to tell me they enjoyed my comments. And one woman, I would gauge to be late 40s, early 50s, uh, dressed well, 
asked me a question and I gave her an example in my answer and she said, oh my God, that's great. I said, thanks. And she said, now I'm moist. Can you imagine? I've never heard anything so gross. Okay, but she couldn't just say, I can really use that. Thank you. I'm so glad I met you. I mean, it put me off my food. You know what I'm saying? Now, why is this? And you know it's happening. You see it all around you. What's the lesson for our kids, by the way? Why is this? Well, first of all, there's great permissiveness today. Everyone is entitled to do anything they want. And so you could be a college professor, a high school teacher. Uh, you could be uh, leading a meeting in an organization. Uh, and there you go. Uh, I was just watching Big Little Lies with Nicole Kidman um, and Reese Witherspoon, one, uh, two or three Emmys. It's a, just a great show. Uh, and they had this scene with the mayor of a town who couldn't say two sentences without profanity. And the caricature was not all that great because it's not all that strange. So we have this heightened level of permissiveness. Second, we have an inability to use language. The metaphor is dead. You know? The metaphor is as dead as the Sanders campaign. And as a metaphor. So we don't use language well. We have limited vocabulary. There are some academics who want to prove that using profanity doesn't mean you have limited vocabulary. It means you're trying to create a special nuance. They're out of their minds. That's why they're academics. That's why they're not in the real world. People don't have a command of the language. They don't use it in school. And they resort to this crude stuff they learned when they were in the schoolyard. Not learning there either. People also use profanity because they believe it's hip and trendy. They want to be part of the in crowd. They, they bend to Norma to pressure, you know? Ah, she can't say shit if she had a mouthful. That's supposed to be funny. Facebook is amazing. You know, it's a vanity publishing platform. And it's amazing to me because people say things on there they'd never say in person. They say things and claim things they'd never say in person at all. And when it comes to emotional issues like politics, they become absolutely profane. But they're cowards. Using that kind of obscenity when nobody can see you, when you can't see facial expressions, when no one can strike back at you, is cowardice. It's not classy. It's not an in-crowd. It's being scared. And so it's often, this profanity that we see all over is often done virtually. And people sit back and they're, they're proud of it. People use profanity and obscenity because they're seeking attention. They're trying to be heard above the noise, to quote a phrase that uh, Linda Popke uses, a marketing expert in San Francisco, who my coach. They want to be heard above the noise, and so they use profanity. And there's no real adverse consequence to their using it. You, you seldom hear anyone say anything about profanity. I have heard in the United Airlines uh, Club in O'Hare Airport, a guy who was on his cell phone... Uh, he obviously just got through to his office, and he screamed out in the lounge, fucking son of a bitch. Now, no one in his family had died, and maybe a business deal went south, or maybe they didn't have his favorite food ready for him when he got back. I don't know, but he, scre he screamed it out in the lounge, and no one said anything to him. And so there is no consequence for using it. You can hide behind social media to use it, and you might be considered trendy and in to use it. Now, am I overreacting? Some of you may well think so, which is why I'm using the profanity here. But let me tell you something. When I was a kid, no one ever called anyone a douche. And today, you hear it all the time, and you hear it on public television. I don't mean NPR. I mean you hear it on broadcast TV. You hear it on the Big Bang Theory. Then you hear douchebag. And now you hear douchebag nozzle. You hear these things on programming, on television, not on cable, 
not on, on crack or Netflix or Hula or some kind of obscure thing with his nudity and everything else. No, no. You hear this on broadcast TV. It's nothing for a kid to say it's supper time. Yeah, that sucked. It's not a pre- pleasant phrase. It's a vulgar phrase. But we've incorporated it as a verb. So, like I said, young and old, male and female, doesn't matter who you are, this stuff is inculcated society. It is pervasive. And it causes a decline in manners and it causes a decline actually in communication. Is this kind of obscenity and profanity ever appropriate? Yeah. You hit your thumb with a hammer, I'm going to scream too. And I've done that. And I've caught my fingers in a drawer and I've dropped something down a crack where I'll never see it again and it was important to me, yeah. And I'll shout out, fuck. And I'm almost always by myself or in the company of the dogs. And the dogs have never once seemed to mind. I don't know if some of their barks are obscene. I'm not too interested in going into that. I think it's probably appropriate when there is sheer emotional outrage. You know, something happens and you just have to vent. Frankly, I don't think the election of a president, no matter what party you're in, constitutes that kind of venting. It's an elective democratic process, but I digress. But I think some things happen where somebody's going to miss a key appointment because the plane was late or there's a traffic jam and you know it's irrational, but you have nothing to do but scream about it. That's okay. You need to vent. And then there are some expectable venues for profanity. A bar strikes me as one. Probably not a bar in the Four Seasons Hotel, but a lot of bars, yeah. A locker room, yeah. Male or female, a locker room, yeah. A construction site. Although I don't endorse it being yelled at women passing by, although my wife said the other day, ah, the good old days when construction men made lewd comments to me. You can hear it at the ball field, you know, whether it's baseball or soccer or football, whatever it is, uh, the hockey rink, I guess, that's okay. But you don't hear it on a golf course from the, from the golfers, at least not the pros, I don't think. But you can see it in literature. It makes sense in literature sometimes. You know, I, Philip Roth's books uh, would not be the same without it. And in performance and entertainment and comedy, it makes sense. Not the continued use of motherfucker as humor, but occasionally it makes sense when it makes a point. Now, there's a show on that I used to love called Veep. Julia Louis-Dreyfus just won, I don't know, a record number of Emmys for it. She won again this year. She's brilliant. It has the makings of a great show. But this this current season, they're especially lewd. Every other sentence is meant to shock. It's about genital size or, or uh, obscene acts. And it, now it is gratuitous. You have to sort of swim through it. And I've sort of had it, you know. If somebody keeps shouting the sky is falling, they don't pay attention anymore. If somebody keeps yelling an epithet, after a while, you stop listening to it. So the reason I'm raising this today and the reason I'm claiming, uh, you know, 15 minutes of your time is that there are repercussions for this. Our senses are being dulled. Just like a fighter in the eighth or ninth round who's been pummeled, your senses are dulled, your reflex is slow, you don't feel hurt where you should feel hurt, and so you take an additional pounding. It's like people sitting in these tiny coach seats for 11 hours. Your senses get dulled. Try not to do that. Secondly, we strive for greater and greater outrage, which generates greater and greater vulgarity. And it's used all the time. You know, I was watching a movie once, a really great movie, and this guy, this guy was always upset, a mobster. He gets out of the airplane, goes to the airport, 
And he gets in this car outside a taxi. And the guy says, the taxi driver says, where to? And he says, the fucking hotel. So he can't even describe the simple direction without an obscenity. And so we strive for greater and greater outrage, which means a greater and greater stream of this stuff, because we're not inventing new obscenities. So we have to use more of the existing ones. Thirdly, our language loses all nuance. You know, it's one thing to say, for example, I'm not involved in this. But another is, I don't give a fuck. It's like two different things. You know, I have no dog in this race. I have no skin in this game. As opposed to, I don't give a fuck. It's further step toward violence, finally. It's another step, another slide down the slope to violence. We go from debate to yelling to vulgarity to physical confrontation. If you don't believe that, look at the last presidential election on the left and the right. Both ways. You know, I had a college professor once, I was a political science major, who told us that war is really the least subtle form of communication. And what we've got in vulgarity is the least subtle form of communication, just short of violence. So my response to this is get away from people who do this. I, I defrock, defenestrate, unfriend, unlink, whatever on social media, anyone using gratuitous profanity. I don't care who the hell they are. Out they go. I delete profanity from my forums, alansforums.com. If somebody puts up something and uses vulgarity, I delete it and tell them why. If they continue to do it, I throw them out. That hasn't been necessary, yet they get the point. I tell people around me to watch their language. I've said in a restaurant, please watch your language, just like that. Or I'll call the manager and I'll say, move them or move me, but I don't need to listen to this in this room. And I use my discretion about venue. I understand in some places I should expect this. I understand in some places I shouldn't. And so I use what I can do to control my environment. But I believe the longer you're exposed to this crap, the more insensitive you get to it. And so we've become vulgar, and we become less reasonable, and we become less interesting to be around. And that, my friends, is the uncomfortable truth. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Now heaven knows anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now 